3: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on
0: television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and
3: me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Welcome to the Hank Iney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio.
4: It's time for the truth. is I do. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney.
5: Haney. Welcome into the Hank Haney Podcast. My name is Minnesota Tim Porochka, bringing you a presentation of the best clips from the previous week on the Hank Haney Podcast. All right, let's get started with our first clip. On Monday's podcast, Hank reacted to Patrick Reed's win in the WGC Mexico and Justin Thomas's blown lead. You can go to Monday's show and hear the entire episode on the Hank Haney podcast.
2: So you're at the bar. Did you watch the golf tournament? I did watch the golf tournament. Yeah. Yep. What uh, What did you think, Patrick Reed?
5: Patrick Reed. He better get fitted for that green jacket, for that uh, gold jacket, the uh, Hall of Fame jacket. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, he's got eight wins. He's got eight wins and one major. I think you need to get two majors or ten wins. I guess he's he's gonna get there though. There's no doubt about that. I and mean, he'll probably Ryder
5: get Cup and President's Cup.
2: Yeah, Champion. Um, does that count as anything for for a Hall of Fame? I mean, I guess it might count for something. He you're you're right. He's probably gonna get there. Uh he's he's certainly very close right now. One more major would get him there. And uh, a couple more wins, and you know, yeah, he'll probably get there. That's a good point. That was a big win for him. Big win, big win. Uh, a lot of stuff to a lot of stuff to talk about in the tournament. Uh, first off, let's start with the golf course. And uh, do you like watching that kind of golf course? But give, give me your views on it. You're you're an everyman golfer. Did you like the course?
5: I I really did enjoy the course. Yeah, okay.
2: and uh, the the score was lower
5: this year than it was last year. Dustin Johnson. Uh, blitzed the field last year, shooting 21 under, sc- winning score this year, 18 under. So, so higher, it's not, higher
2: score, higher score this right, year. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. H- higher score. So it's not a ridiculous number of under par. So it is a fun golf course to watch. It's, it's great. To, there's a lot of trees clearly on off the fairway. Um, and it's fun to see players attack the greens from the tees on par fours. The first hole is... A drivable par four, and it's it's fun to see players attack those pins uh, with three woods or drivers. I, I enjoy watching guys go after it, and um, there there were some times where they didn't go after. it. I think Patrick Reed on the on the third or fourth hole, uh, Justin Thomas, and uh, the other guy. I can't remember his name. It's like Van Royen or yeah, Eric Van Royen
2: from South Africa. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah that guy. They both <laughs> went after the green, and then Patrick Reed took an iron and put it in the fairway. So it was, it was, in, it was fascinating to see the different strategies off the tee um, in this tournament.
2: No, I mean, I, I, I liked it. I think, it, and, and the course plays really short because of the elevation to Mexico City. The ball goes a lot, a lot farther, yeah. and yet. You know, the, the players don't really eat it up. There's a few things to consider about the golf course. One, that they the rough in the trees is, you know, really non-existent. So when you get a ball going sideways and it gets into the trees, if it doesn't happen to hit one of the trees, which a lot of them do, but if it didn't hit one of the trees, that thing can take off forever and and get in some bad spots. And then you get to see players punch out. There's, there's been this discussion that people have had that – like at Augusta, when they have put the the rough in, or they don't like to call it rough, they call it the second cut. You know, they got to be different there. It's it's it's, a, it's not the rough; it's the second cut. Uh, they're not fans. Uh, they're not a gallery. They're patrons. You know, they got they got a, a few things over there. But uh, when they when they put the rough in, it kept the balls from running into the trees, into the pine trees, into the pine straw a lot of people think that it was actually better and, and harder be, before they did that i think the the golf course in mexico city uh club de golf chapultepec or whatever it's called uh that was uh that was a good example of the fact that if you let the ball run you uh, know it'll, it'll present some interesting shots and it's, it's it's fun to see the players play different shots different punch shots and i i, I thought the golf course played great and it's just kind of Makes you wonder about the, this whole golf ball going too too far" theory, which you know, I mean, it's it's not a theory; it's a reality that it, it does go farther than it used to. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but and, and whether it's the equipment of the ball, or combination of both, or the players—I mean, we, we we you know been through this discussion a million times. But like you said, the winning score was higher this year than it was last year, and you know there isn't really any evidence to to back up the fact that you know the game is getting too easy or they're shooting too low of scores because it's just really really not happening and even though you know, the, the golf course plays very short because of the uh well the, the altitude and the, the how long the players are today it's still played very interesting and they had to hit a lot of different shots and it's, it's certainly a different kind of golf course so I, you know but at the end you had a good mix i mean Patrick Rees not the, the longest hitter uh, Rom's long, Bryson Deschambeau is long, uh, and obviously Rory is is long. And Eric uh, Van Royen, he, he looks like he can send it too. So, and you know, Justin Thomas was right up there. Uh, you know, he had a rough last day, but you know, you and then you got some shorter hitters. So Horschel's not uh, the, the longest, Kevin Nas is not I anywhere mean, near the longest. These guys were all top 10, uh, Tyler Hatton, top 10 too. Well, it was a good mix. It seems like a golf course that a lot of different players can play good. I, I like watching that tournament. I, I like what you said. I like the fact that they could drive the first hole, and uh, that's kind of uh, where it started for Bryson DeChambeau. Now he ends up losing by a shot to uh, Patrick Reed, and we're going to get to Patrick Reed. But let's just talk about uh, some of the, the things that I saw today in my or yesterday and the observations that that I have here. Um One, you can't win a golf tournament when you have three three putts on Sunday, and that's what Bryson DeChambeau had. Now, the one that uh, kind of sealed his fate was the the three putt on on seventeen. Now, I, I you know I I, I thought the uh, announcing was better; it's tolerable on on NBC for sure uh, compared to CBS. But that uh, I don't know if they they really. Said how bad that shot was on seventeen by Deschamps, and I'm talking about the the tee shot. That's a pitching wedge shot. Mm. Uh, he spins the ball back thirty feet, and so so he's he's missed his mark where he wants it to land. He he's put too much spin on the ball, bringing it back. He leaves himself a sixty or seventy foot putt. I mean, that was just for for a, to a pitching wedge shot. I mean, that was just an absolute awful. Awful shot now I don't even maybe he didn't even hit pitching wedge. you may hit gap wedge and what happens sometimes is when a player swings extra hard like you're in between clubs and he thinks okay, this is a pitching wedge, it's a little pitching wedge or a big gap wedge and he hits the big gap wedge, but he knows okay I gotta hit this extra hard so he hits it extra hard and that what that does is it puts more spin on the ball. And then it turns out that even extra hard wasn't long enough because if you're going to hit it with that much spin, he'd have to fly it all the way to the back of the green. But he didn't, and he landed it right in the middle of the green. And the thing spins back, and I, you could just see the writing on the wall when he was over that putt, uh, Deschambeau on seventeen. I was thinking to myself, you I know, mean, he may putt this right off the green. And he just about did. I mean, his his putting is is not uh, you know it's, it's it's not great. I mean, he actually had a you know a good putting tournament. Um, you know, finished uh, third in putting, and that's about you know that'll be his best putting term of the year. You can take that one to the bank right there. He won't he won't put better than that. Six point three shots gained with the putter, and it's uh, still uh, one not enough because Patrick Reed just was was off the charts good. But uh, DeChambeau with with three three putts, that's uh, a you know a, a just I mean to lose by one with three three putts on the on the. The last day, and he started off driving the first green. You know, that was a reachable par four. Hit it on the green, and then started off the, the first hole with a three putt. So he, you know, three putts one on one, and three putts one on seventeen. Made a few in between for sure, but uh, that's uh, that's that's not a formula for winning. It just doesn't work.
5: He left himself seventy three feet on the seventeenth uh, yeah. green to try and two
2: putt. yeah no he's not gonna that's not gonna happen not very often not unless he makes a you know six eight ten foot putt because he's just he's not that that good of a lag putter he's he looks like the he when he sets up to the ball i mean paul Aer was pointing out his you know it's set up and how he stands up to the ball and his every is lined up his shoulders are lined up and his arms lined up and his feet are lined I everything mean, like, he looks like the he looks like the Tin Man from uh, Wizard of Oz. I mean, he's like—is it no? I mean, is it possible to be any stiffer? He's an oil can. I mean, it, it, he couldn't be any stiffer than he is when he addresses the ball. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of felt bad for him, but he just, he's just—he's, you know—he's—he's a—he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's a very good player, uh, but he has trouble finishing too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
5: Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about that putting technique, about the tin man from the Wizard of Oz, Hank. because when I think about great putters, obviously Tiger's one of them, but one of the other ones that I've listened to for a couple of years is Ben Crenshaw, and he always talks about how important it is to putt with feel yeah. on the greens, Yeah, and it just seems like Bryson DeChambeau doesn't have any of that going on in his game.
2: Well, he's got some, or he wouldn't be as great as he is. There's no, I mean, you take the worst putter on tour, and they're still, they're still good. And like I said, DeChambeau had the best putting tournament that he's that he's had all year, and that he will have all year. But it it wasn't uh, wasn't good enough. So I think about how that it got away for him. Uh, I think about how it got away for Justin Thomas. All right. Now you, before we went on, you had some thoughts on Justin Thomas, which uh, I need to set you straight on. I mean, you you go ahead and say what you told me.
5: Yeah, Justin Thomas choked in the final <laughs> round, two over seventy three. Hank, <laughs> oh. I
3: mean,
5: it's not a course that's difficult. It's not a difficult course. Well, what do course. you mean? guys are going it's low? Difficult. It's not a overly difficult golf course. There are some players that really struggle. Dustin Johnson played poorly, given his status in the game. But you look at the, the top players in the game. Just uh, John Rahm, he just demolished
2: this golf course. Well, he didn't demolish it, or he would have won. He, he John Rahm shot fifteen under par. I mean, there's guys that shot fifteen over par. It, it's j- listen, Justin Thomas. He he had won eight out of eleven times when he'd been on the lead going into the last round. Now it's eight out of twelve. So he, I mean, that's a that's a great percentage. I mean, it just it just is. I mean, that's a, if you win eight out of twelve times when you're you're on the lead on Sunday, your your, your percentage is is great. I mean, that just you're not going to win them all. I mean, now uh, he's not Tiger Woods. Now Tiger Woods' percentage is is higher than than uh, Justin Thomas's, but Justin Thomas has a nice nice percentage there. I mean, that's that's not nothing to to be like ashamed of. Uh, it, it's not a guarantee you're going to win. When you've got a, a one shot lead going into to Sunday, especially on a golf course where you could shoot some low scores. And, and there were low scores to be had out there, there's also high scores to be to be had out there too. But but if you're gonna, you know, look at a guy that just gives up one shot leads and he's choking, I, <laughs> I think I think you're a little you're you're a little off on that one there, Minnesota Tim.
5: Well, two over. Two, yeah, over, two over
2: is two over. He didn't play good. There's no doubt about it, but he, you know, he had had a, a couple tough stretches in there and I'm sure he's disappointed, but I don't know if I would say, you know, he just, he choked. Let's take a brief pause and hear from our sponsors.
1: More than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time
0: Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me,
3: Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey.
1: I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of, is
4: is that my baggage? Look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: The Premier Golf League CEO, Andy Gardner, came out on a podcast recently. You can go to Tuesday's episode and hear Hank's entire reaction. To the premier golf league ceo andy gardner's public acknowledgement of the pgl
2: this premier golf league deal has got a lot of, of, of momentum and there's a lot of of great ideas that they've got with it if you listen to this ceo this uh gardner guy and by the way this andy gardner who, who is uh is like the ceo of this premier golf league which is this new startup league that they're trying to get going that's you know i mean they say they'd like to you know work in conjunction with the pga tour and the european tour but there's no doubt about it this is a, a you know hostile takeover attempt of of their uh premier players because what they're talking about is is they're talking about 18 tournaments they're talking about uh having uh top 48 players and they're going to have a, a team format to it. So there's 12 4 four-man teams, and there's going to be guys kind of rotating in and out, when guys are hurt or, or uh, you know, guys maybe step up and play good, and they get brought in. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's it's a, a a whole different concept. They're playing eighteen events, a three-day events only, no cut. Which, by the way. The WGC Mexico Tournament had a nice leaderboard, and you know typically those WGC events do have nice leaderboards. It's kind of like the Masters. The Masters has a great leaderboard, but the Masters has a very small field. And when you take out all the senior guys that won, you know, at Augusta years ago, and you get rid of all them, and you get rid of the amateurs that you know qualified because they won the Pacific, you know. whatever, uh, amateur, or they won the U.S. amateur, or the mid-amateur, or they're a runner-up in the U.S. amateur, or they won the British amateur, or whatever the, you know, they, they won uh, to get in there. I mean, those guys aren't going to likely do anything at all. You take, take, take all those guys out, and you've got a very short field. Well, it's, it's one of the reasons that the leaderboard's always great is because there's really just great names there, and it's a short field. Well, that's the concept with the, the Premier Golf League. They're going to have the best players playing. And everybody clearly you know, that's a fan of the game. And this, this uh, you know, Andy Gardner, the the CEO of this Premier Golf League, said, you know, listen, we're fans first. And he's talking about his organization. And he says if if the fans and the players don't think that this concept that we have is good for the game, then it won't happen. But if it is good for the game, then it 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 should happen, and it it could happen. And there's a chance, you know, I think there's a chance as we sit here right now that that it actually will happen. Now this is all coming to a head pretty quick, because they're they're public now. They've been lay, laying back in the weeds. They haven't, you know, had any uh, talk about this. But now they've come out, and the players they've met with the players. They have met with the players' agents. They've talked to them all. And they're really getting the word out and and they're you know looking for they're looking for guys to say, they haven't asked anybody to give us an answer yet, but they're looking for guys to come up and say, "Hey, you know,, uh, you know do you want are you in or out?" And obviously, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that's going on with with all the best players. I think we all know that you know from what Rory said, he's he's not in, but I don't count that as a, as a, he's totally out either. I think that means that if everybody else is in, Rory's going to have to be in, and he sa- he really said that as much. He said, "Listen, I'm I'm out, but uh, and I don't like it because he doesn't want to be told where he has to play 18 weeks." Uh, but he also kind of made it clear that that uh, if if everybody else is in, then I'm going to have to reconsider because he wants to play against the best best players in the world. I also think it's it's pretty obvious from what everybody has has talked about is that, you know, if you're looking for guys that are in and uh, that Mickelson is in. Now Mickelson's not even in the top 48, but I think there's something they're going to do with like they're going to have 40 guys and then eight guys are going to get you know kind of picked. And Mickelson with his status would obviously get picked and he would He would, with his status in the game, would be a team captain, and he would, like you know, have a kind of a a legacy going forward of of the the, having the you know the team captain. I think it's got a lot of great concepts. I mean, I just, I just really do. And I, you know, they played for, they would play for a lot of money. It would take care of the better players in the game a lot better than they're taking care of now. I mean, I've said this many times. I think that the top players in golf are not compensated correctly and especially Tiger Woods the most underpaid athlete I think in the world for what he's done for the sport of golf and the revenues for the PGA Tour and and to think that he only makes money if he plays good or wins a tournament or makes the cut it's just it's kind of crazy when you think about how much money he's brought to the to the tour I mean, so, so this whole whole concept of the uh the Premier Golf League is something that you know a lot, a lot of people are looking at they're talking about having a team concept, which is, is something that is, is different. And people love team. I mean, they, like you know, Tim, you like, you know, you like, you like the Ryder cup. You like the president's cup. I mean, you get this, you know, people like this kind of team competition thing. Right. Um, but what kind of questions do you have about it? What, what do you, what, what are your thoughts on it?
5: Well, one of the, I, I watched about an hour of that hour and 26 minute interview with those, with the, with the podcast okay. with Gardner. Yeah. And yeah. one of the absolute, there were two things that stood out to me. One okay. is the fact that he's been working on this for six years and he's kept it a secret for that long. That, that's pretty incredible. Um, and
2: what he's done, what he's done, let me interrupt you, is he's, he's taken this concept around to, to all kinds of people and nobody has told him he's crazy. You know, he, he keeps bringing that up, that point up. And they've got 60 investors. And that's another thing that, you know, people are, you got to look at I and mean, They got a lot of money behind this thing. Now, there's talking about how the, the, this Rain group is the big, you know, backer and, and, you know, there's, there's also Saudi money. And, you know, the rumor is a billion dollars of Saudi money. And, you know, people are, are, some people are up in arms about that. Um, but, I you know, they've they've got they don't just have a couple sponsors, they got a lot of sponsors. And they, you know, according to this uh Andy Gardner, the CEO, I mean, they've got plenty of money to to run a first class operation to make this happen. It's just a question that you just have to get get players. I mean, that's really what it boils down to.
5: Right. And then the second thing that stood out to me, Hank, was this team concept that you uh were mentioning. Um he want, this, is, this guy, this Andy Gardner, he's obviously a hardcore golf fan or he wouldn't be creating this league, but he thinks like a casual fan. He's trying to create emotion in the game, and golf doesn't have much emotion. He mentioned on the podcast, he said, if I had my choice, if we get this thing going, I would pair Rory versus Brooks Kepka every single time because that's what the fan wants to see. He is trying to create rivalries. He is trying to create emotions. He is trying to get one team versus another. And he, he just seems to understand that in in uh, 2020, the fan doesn't want to watch four all-day tournaments. They want to watch three days, 54 holes. It's just It seems to be the direction that golf needs to go in, and he is going all in on it. And, and I love it. It's just I, I love what Andy Garner is doing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like it, I like it too.
5: The Honda Classic is the start of the Florida swing. And it's right in JT, Rory's and Tigers Backyard. Yet the field is awful. Hank reacts to the terrible field in the Honda Classic. You can go to Wednesday's show and hear Hank's full reaction.
2: Let's talk about this PJ tour a little bit. You know, they're they're under fire from this uh, premier goth league. Of course, they're trying to intimidate all the players, saying, if you if you think about going and playing over there, you're never coming back, and so on and so forth. But they don't seem to want to really admit or understand or try to address the issues that they got going on. And I mean, you know, I don't mean to, to be just like Mr. Negative here. But this is hard to to, to look past. And I'm glad we're not where we used to be, where we had to pretend like everything was great on the PGA Tour, because it's not. I mean, this whole wraparound season thing on the PGA Tour has just totally screwed up the PGA Tour. There's too many tournaments. There's too many tournaments that don't matter. And and there's too many tournaments with incredibly weak fields. The players don't get to rest. The uh, fans don't get to miss golf. I mean, I think that's there, there's something to be said for that, don't you? I mean, as a, as a sports fan, I mean, when your sport is off that you really love to follow, I mean, you're like anticipating its start and you're fired up for the season. I mean, isn't there something to that?
5: Absolutely, Hank. And so, some of the best parts of being a fan is to be able to predict and project and, oh, how do you think this team or this player is going to do this year? Oh, how, what, what do you think they're going work to work on in the offseason? And it's hard to do that when there's these Barracuda Championships, these RSM Classics, these Mayakoba Classics, this wraparound schedule. It really, okay, it, it, it brings shine to players that aren't popular on the tour, but it really takes away the shine from the best players in the world.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you you look at the whole season, because cause we're real, we're way into the season now. I mean, this this season with the wraparound PJ Tour started September twelfth through fifteenth at the military tribute at the Green Bar. All right, that was Joaquin Neiman who won that. And you got Sanderson Farms, you got Sebastian Munoz, you got Cameron Champ at the at the Safeway. I mean, all these tournaments, it, it, Shiner's Hospital, Kevin Na. Uh, Houston Open that was a disaster. Uh, they got that tournament back in Houston, and nobody showed up to play. Lanto Griffin wins. Right, they had a, a, a decent field with Justin Thomas and Kepka, although Kepka didn't last long over at the CJ Cup, the Nine Bridges over in Korea. Zozo Championship, of course, Tiger there and, and Gary Woodland and uh, you know other players. I mean that was a good good event. But but everything's good when Tiger's there. But other than that, it's just a joke. I mean, you got the Bermuda Championship. You got the HSBC China World Golf Championship. Okay, now that was, you know, you got a, a good field there. That, that, that tournament won't even go this year because of the coronavirus. There's no way they'll have that tournament. Now, Mayakoba, uh, you know, in Mexico, terrible field. RSM Classic, terrible field. Won by Tyler Duncan. Uh, you know, I mean, you don't even know these players. Then you got the Tournament of Champions. Okay, that's good. Justin Thomas, you had Patrick, you know, you had a a good field there. Not everybody showed up though. Not 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 all the tournament winners. Uh, Sony was a joke. I mean, you you were laughing at that one, Tim. .03 rating. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a that's a beautiful rating. Uh, American Express tournament. That was you know. Andrew Landry wins. I mean, that wasn't much better. And then you got the farmer's insurance. Okay, you got one good tournament with a good field. That was that was good. And you got Phoenix Waste Management open. That wasn't great either. I mean, a great spectacle, but not, you know, anything to write home about field-wise. AT&T, Pebble Beach, a little bit better for sure. Genesis was good. You know, but once again, Tiger's there, but he had a good field. It's an invitational. So, so of all these tournaments they've had so far, I mean, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten tournaments. Uh, then you got the Puerto Rico eleven, and Mexico is is twelve WGC twelve tournaments. You've got maybe, I mean, what do you got? Farmers Genesis and WGC Mexico. Throw in one other one. I don't know. Maybe he got four good fields, okay? Tournament of Champions, okay? you got four good fields. The rest of it is nothing to write home about. And this week, it's, it's horrible. I mean, horrible at Honda. They can't even get the players that live there. I mean, you got to think if you're the Honda Classic and you're the tournament director, I mean, you got to think uh, Justin Thomas is for sure, Tiger's for sure, Rory's for sure. They all live there and they can't even get those guys to play. They have got one player in the top 10 which is which is uh, Brooks Kepka. I mean other than that they got uh Fleetwood who's 12th in the world, they got Justin Rose who's 13th, Gary Woodland who's 17th, Shane Lowry 18th or 19th and then you got Ricky Fowler's 25th. Now they do have the three major winners uh, other than than Tiger which which is uh Gary Woodland and and uh, Lowry and then Kepka. Okay, so they got that going for them. They could they can brag about that a little bit, but the field is is weaker than weak. You look down the the list and there's all kinds of names of players that are guys that are just trying to get in tournaments on some kind of status. And what that means is is that if you're not in the top 125. Exempt list for, for the season, or, and you're not a past champion, and uh, you don't have a like a lifetime status or something like that. Then you're trying to get in on some other category, like like any any past winner on the PGA Tour has a lifetime status of some kind. So if the tournament doesn't fill up, you know they can apply to get in and and have an opportunity to fill out the field and you got a lot of those guys I mean there's just guys that I didn't even know were still on the tour that are playing at the uh at the Honda classic this week so anyway something needs to be done I mean they can they can you know pretend like they got this whole thing going great they can pretend like the PGA tour is doing fantastic uh you know it raises a ton of money for charity I get it but this wraparound season is really a, a big issue. And it, it, it's just diluted all these tournaments so much. And I think they're, they're banking on the fact that they're going to grow all these new stars. Now, you know, Victor Hovland won over in Puerto Rico, which is, which is nice. I mean, but we've we've been through this for the last couple of years. I mean, Tim. I mean, and he's a good player, and he's going to be a great player, and, and everybody's predicting great things for him. The, the kid out of uh, Oklahoma State, Norwegian, first Norwegian to win on the PGA Tour. But is that really even a? I mean, is that that's that? Is that really even a win? I mean, that's like a corn fairy, isn't it?
5: Right. I mean, who's really watching Victor Hovland in the Puerto no. Rico Open? Nobody. Nobody's watching that tournament. I mean, it, no. he can put it on his career record. He can say 20 years from now, I got my first PGA Tour win at the Puerto Rico Open or whatever. If he finishes with 15 PGA Tour wins, that counts as one. But it's not something that people will remember. It, it it's, it's, it's meaningful to him. It's meaningful to his career record. But at what point d- did it generate something great for the PGA Tour?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how you know how many winners do you think people could even name on the PGA Tour this year? I mean, if, if, you, if you if you went up to like a golf fan that was a like a you know I mean a, a good golf fan and say okay let me list me the tournament winners so far this year that, that you can remember. I mean, I was going through and and I mean I follow golf all the time. It's all it's you know it's it's what I do. And I mean I had to go look on the, on the Thing I thought who won that tournament again? I can't remember who won these tournaments. I mean, I remember Justin Thomas winning at, at the Tournament of Champions. Uh, it, you know, I remember Adam Scott winning at Riviera because it was just last week. You know, and I. But other than that, you know, I mean, Webb Simpson um, winning at, at Phoenix. He won in a playoff, and for a me, I can't even remember who he beat in the playoff. Tony Finau. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, this is the this is my point. I mean, it's it's just it's not good. I mean, they, boy, that's why I'm so in love with this idea and of the Premier Golf League. I mean, get the best players out there playing and have something to watch and talk about every week. And for goodness sakes, have an off season. I mean, just don't have golf every single week of the year a golf tournament where you're going to just dilute the top players and there aren't that many top players, Tim. I mean, we've, we've been over this too. I mean, how far down the list do you get to the point where you say, I wouldn't walk across the street to watch these guys. I mean, I, it's, it's, you know, I mean, Ricky Fowler's at 25th, but I mean, once you get past that, I mean, it is it is slim pickings. I mean, it just is, it, at least for names, you know. And that's why you know, like a a player like Phil Mickelson, who's still you know he's fifty eighth in the world now. I mean, and you know Jordan Spieth fifty third. But I mean, you you'd you'd go and watch those guys play. Yeah, they've got they've got recognizable names, but a lot of guys don't and. You know, I get it. You have all these tournaments. You're going to, you know, these guys are going to soon be recognizable. But it doesn't really work like that. I mean, it's just, it, it takes a long time to build up a, a reputation for golf. And usually it comes from winning big tournaments. And big tournaments are tournaments that a lot of people watch. And there aren't many of those. You know, I don't think you're going to, like you said, you're not going to, you know, become a household name because you won the Puerto Rican Open. I mean, it's a nice start, but it's not going to it's not gonna make you a household name.
5: Right. I- Honestly, Hank, the PGA Tour, in my opinion, has a advertising problem. Um, when it, when I I've studied some of this all the time, I read articles about this all the time, and the PGA Tour right now is trying to attract the diehard golfer. Well, the diehard golfer is already a diehard golfer. You don't need to advertise them. You don't need to get them to buy or. S- to buy your product, to watch your product. They're already watching and they will continue to watch no matter what you do. They need to spread out and get the casual golfer more involved in the game instead of this diehard guy that they continue to sell to. You go to Twitter and you ask people how, if there's too many golf tournaments and the diehard golfer is going to come out and say, no, there's not. But clearly there is because nobody's watching these events.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that Premier Golf League is, is going to uh, address. I mean, they're going to they're going to have the ability to show every golfer on the course. You're going to not have to watch everybody you don't want to watch if you don't want to. If you want to watch just a group or a team or a player, you can just do that. Now that's you know that's happening some on the PGA Tour with the feature groups thing, but but when you only have 48 players in a tournament, it's a lot easier to do. So that's something that's good. They're also talking about having different kinds of announcers. I mean, you're not, you're not appealing to a younger crowd to get them interested in watching golf when, when you're running out that CBS telecast broadcast thing they got going on or mbs for any of them for for that matter it's just it's just not attracting that, that kind of person like you know i was sitting there talking to my son at breakfast this morning and he watches football videos all the time he loves football and he watches these football videos all the time on his ipad and my wife says to him why don't you watch uh, golf videos he says it's so boring well, i mean I, it just that's just what he said i mean i didn't you know i mean i i, I don't think it's boring but You know, I mean, I can see why people do think it's boring.
5: Let's take a brief pause and hear from our
2: sponsors.
5: More Than a
1: Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.
0: Rappaport's reality, the reality a of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. <laughs>
3: out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, it would have been, been podcasts been would have taken a, a a left turn. Listen to Rapport's
0: Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And
3: me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast.
5: talks about Tiger's 2020 playing schedule. You can go to Friday's episode and hear the entire show on the Hank Haney Podcast.
2: All right, Minnesota Tim. Tiger's schedule, 12 tournaments is what he said. Boy, you know, I, boy, boy, that's not many. That's what he played last year, though, on the PGA Tour. Now, that's counting like from January through uh, the end of the playoffs. It's not counting the Zozo in that or the... Uh, get-together, the Hero World Challenge. So it's 12 12 turns, 12 P.J. tournaments. So based on that, he's he's played two so far this year, Farmers and Genesis. He took off the WGC Mexico. He said no to Honda. Okay, so the next one up is the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Is he going to play or is he going to find out? Is His last day he can commit for a tournament is on Friday, Friday afternoon. I think it's 5 o'clock Eastern time. We'll see what what Tiger does about the Arnold Palmer. If he if he played at the Arnold Palmer, that would be number three. The next one he would play in would be the Players. He wouldn't play before that. And then you count the match play, uh, which would be you know one tournament in between the Masters bec- or in between the Players and the Masters because you don't think he would. He played there last year, and you don't think he would take off all the way from the Players in March to. to uh, Augusta, which would be a month off. You don't think he would do that. So he plays. He plays the match play, plays the Masters, and then does the similar thing where you bridge the gap in between the Masters and the PGA with a tournament. That would be Wells Fargo, which he's played there many times. That'd be his seventh tournament. PGA Tour would, or PGA Championship was at Harding Park. Would be his eighth tournament. Then if you do the same thing, bridge the gap in between the PGA and the U.S. Open with a tournament, that would be Memorial Jack Nicholas's tournament, and I, uh, he's going to play there. You know that. Uh, that would be the ninth tournament. U.S. Open would be the tenth. Uh, then uh, the likelihood is, is he's just going to go from the U.S. Open straight a month late. He's going to probably take a month off if he's only playing 12 tournaments. He would either he would either do one of two things. He'd either play the WGC uh, FedEx Cup tournament in Memphis, and then play the Open Championship, which would be number twelve, or if he counts the Olympics, he would play the Open. Just go straight to the Open Championship and play the Olympics. So it, 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 it depends, okay? What what what's going to happen? Whether he qualifies for the Olympics or not. If that was the case, those would be his twelve tournaments, and he would be—he would not play in the playoffs. He would not play Northern Trust, BMW, or Tour Championship. Which, if he's only going to play twelve tournaments, that's a distinct possibility. Now, let's 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 say that he that he is going to play in the playoffs. What would the twelve tournaments be? In that case, in that case, what would happen is he's already played two. Well, if he's if he's only going to play twelve and he's going to play in the playoffs, that means he would he would play the players would be three, and then he would he would go with the uh, the next tournament would be he would take he would uh, match play. He would play match play would be four, uh, Masters would be five. He'd take off. He wouldn't play Wells Fargo. He would go straight from the Masters to the PGA with a month break. That would be six,
5: which is what he did last year.
2: Yeah, that's so what he did last year. Uh, then it would be Nicholas's tournament That would be seven. O- U.S. Open would be eight. And then he goes straight to the Open Championship would be nine. And then if you don't count the Olympics, it would be 10, 11, 12 would be the three playoffs. Under, under that scenario, he would, he would not be showing up next week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So I think once we see what he does next week, you know, or Friday or today, what he's going to do at the Arnold Palmer in relationship to playing that course or that tournament, we'll know what the rest of the schedule is going to be.
5: I would not be surprised if he did not play there next week.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't either. It wouldn't shock me at all.
5: What's he got to prove at Bay Hill? Nothing. Right.
2: Nothing, and he, and, you know, and he, and he came with, "I'm tired," or war- whatever he said. But he, he needed need to, to go train. home and train. He yep. needed to go home and train. No, I mean, is he ready to start up practicing again, or does he want to keep, you know, pumping iron or whatever he's doing? So it's interesting. He needs to putt. I would suggest working on the putting a little bit. Especially with a four put in each of the last two tournaments, that would be that would be my suggestion if I was uh, offering any advice. But he wouldn't be listening to it anyway. So, uh, but that that would be uh, that would be the the possible schedule for Tiger. It's going it, to it is going to be very interesting to see what what happens. And everybody is always uh, on the edge of their seats waiting to see what he's going to do next in terms of his schedule. And you never know because they like to just keep everything so close to the vest
5: yeah it's hard it's it's hard to see tiger passing up on the 3m open after the open championship in minnesota (laughs) the next week
2: (laughs) oh my god oh i mean going from scotland all the way to minnesota became your favorite player
5: well it was a great tournament (laughs) great tournament i mean legendary the inaugural 3m open hank i mean come on
2: everything's better in minnesota
5: a former pga tour champions event that's now a pga tour event i mean that's unforgettable stuff
2: yeah they play that tournament during the one of two weeks of summer right <laughs>
5: yeah. and the mosquitoes are great oh <laughs> you can't even feel them that no. time
2: of year state bird state bird of minnesota the mosquito oh great tournament Man. Oh. <laughs> i'm sure it's very well supported because there are passionate passionate golfers in minnesota no doubt about that. I will give you I will give you that. All right. Well, let's take another break here from our sponsors, including Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. You've got aches and pains, arthritis pain, back pain, shoulder pain, hip pain, knee pain. I don't know what you got. You got a tension headache? You can rub some on your forehead, your jaw, your neck. Your headache will be gone. It's a phenomenal product. You've heard me talk about it. Check out the testimonials on the website, voodoopainrelief.com. And if you haven't tried it, you can get a free two-week supply of voodoo pain relief cream just go on the website it's right there on the front page the free offer and there's a code right there uh you gotta you gotta check it out it will it will help alleviate your your pain i know you've probably tried other pain relief products but if you haven't tried voodoo uh you're you're missing out and you're going to try it and you're going to say hank i can't believe uh, how good the, re- the results were so free two-week supply voodoo
5: Thanks for tuning in to the Sunday Sizzle on the Hank Haney Podcast. This was a presentation of the best clips from the previous week, brought to you by me, Minnesota Tim Porochka. Hank will be back tomorrow to break down and analyze the Honda Classic. We appreciate you making the podcast a part of your day.
2: Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of
2: Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.